In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the Coptic month of Tut, and we read in the Gospel when the Lord was speaking about the greatest commandments, He said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And maybe we believe that in the Christian faith that we should not love ourselves or that we debase ourselves and we always speak about being humble and putting ourselves last, which is true. But here the Lord, when he is speaking about how is it that we should love our neighbor, he says we should love our neighbor the way that we love ourselves. So the standard of love that we should show to other people is the same standard that we show ourselves which is something that, you know, maybe we can meditate on. What is it that the Lord means when he says that we should love ourselves? In what way? Because so often, again, we speak about how we should put ourselves last, how we should put the needs of others before ourselves, how we should not care about our own needs, but instead the needs of other people more and place them before ourselves. What does it mean to love ourselves? So first, I'm going to speak about four points about what is not the right and correct loving of self. What is, what is he not referring to when he says to love our neighbor as ourself? The first is um, narcissism. Narcissism is defined as excessive interest in or admiration of oneself and one's physical appearance. So the idea that I want to be the center of attention, I want to attract people to myself, I want everyone to know me, to see me, and that everyone should serve me and that my desires are, are more important than the desires of others. Instead of me be willing to suffer for the sake of others, instead I desire that other people suffer for my own sake. That instead of me placing others before myself, I place myself before everyone else, and I expect that everyone else is going to see me as the center of attention, the one to whom everything should be given, and I expect everyone to serve me around me. This is not the type of self-love that the Lord is speaking about when he says that we should love our neighbor as ourself. The Lord speaks so often of how much we should give of ourselves to others, and he, by his own example, demonstrated what this means in his own life, of how he sacrificed himself, he sacrificed every moment of his life to serve other people. We never read, actually, about the Lord taking a vacation. We never read about him relaxing or resting apart from going and praying. Everything about his life was ministry. Everything about his life was service to serve other people. So certainly loving ourselves doesn't mean that we, um, we, we, we are just doing activities to enjoy our time. Loving ourselves means something else. So definitely it is not narcissism. The second thing that it is not it is it is not pride and superiority. It is not believing myself to be um, higher or better than anyone else and it is not to believe that I am always right sometimes maybe we fall into this trap of we are just defending ourselves all the time never willing to admit that we are wrong about anything this is not the right kind of self-love pride and superiority am I willing to listen to others am I willing to accommodate their opinion and their desire into my decisions do I feel that I'm better than others? Do I feel that my opinion is better than others? Again, this is not the type of self-love that the Lord is speaking about when he says that we should love our neighbor as ourself. Also, selfishness. This is not the kind of love that the Lord is speaking about. When I'm concerned only for my own things, for my own plans, for my own pleasure, for my own future, for my own family, and the things that bring me the most pleasure is the thing that I seek after at the expense even of other people. 
Maybe I am completely ignorant of the desires or the needs of other people and I'm only focusing on what is it that I want. I don't care what other people want to go. I only care about where I want to go. I don't care about what other people want to eat. I only care about what I want to eat. Or where other people want to live. I only care about where I want to live. Every decision that is made is focusing completely on my desires and, and completely neglecting and ignoring the desires of other people. This is also not the kind of self-love that the Lord is speaking about. And then finally, the last point, self-love is not a desire for recognition. Wanting everyone to recognize my talents, to recognize my virtues, to recognize my character, my accomplishments, wanting to be praised, wanting to be followed, wanting to be everyone to look at me and to say that, like to praise me and to give me like kind of kudos for everything that I do and seeking the attention and praise of others. This is not also self-love, the kind of self-love that the Lord speaks about. So we have to ask ourselves, do we love ourselves in the right way? How is it that we can love ourselves? And what are some characteristics of this love? The first is, I can ask myself, do I know myself? Do I know specifically, do I know my strengths? Am I aware of my strengths? Do I know myself? Do I know the positive things about me? Because I can't have a positive um, image of myself if all I see in myself is wicked things. If all I see in myself is the negative things and the weaknesses, which is also important. But before even we speak about the weaknesses, do I know my strengths? Am I aware of the, the virtues? Am I aware of the gifts that God has given me? Am I aware of, the, of the, the strengths and the talents that the Lord has given me that he wants me to use? Am I humble about these gifts, knowing them, seeing them? Am I humble about them? How do I behave about them? How do I boast of them or do I try to use them to serve other people? Do I have a realistic understanding of what is it that I can do and what is it that I cannot do? Do I, do I understand my limitations with these strengths that the, the Lord has given me? Maybe yes, I can um, accomplish a lot, but maybe there's someone else that can accomplish more. Maybe I can't accomplish the same as another person and that's okay. This is um, a realistic, um, determination, understanding, introspection of myself to see what are my strengths. Am I content with these talents that God has given me? Am I content with the place that he has given me? Am I content with the purpose that he has given me? This is all an aspects of loving myself because if I am not content, if I'm discontent with what God has made me for and with the talents and skills he gave me, then I will never be satisfied with my life. I will never be satisfied with my position or my place. There is nothing wrong with seeking to grow and seeking to increase and seeking to, to, you know, having ambition for something higher. But in the end, if God does not permit it, if God allows me to just remain where I am, am I going to live my life um, upset and feeling downtrodden that the Lord has not given me my desire, what is more, or am I going to be content with what I have? So I should know my strengths. Also, I should know my weaknesses. Do I know what is it that I am lacking? Do I know what is it that I do not have and having identified these things am I seeking from God mercy am I seeking from him strength am I seeking for him forgiveness for my sins or do I try to run away from the realization of these weaknesses do I try to run away from maybe these dark parts of my life that I don't like to acknowledge that I don't like to see that I try to hide from other people if I continually try to avoid them then it will actually hinder me from growing. 
The only way for me to conquer these weaknesses and to overcome them is to identify them and to acknowledge them. Do I fall into despair and believe that my weaknesses disqualify me from salvation? Many people suffer from the same sins and they come and confess the same sins um, every single time they come and confess, maybe for years and decades, the same. Do I feel that because I am still struggling with the same sins that I was struggling with for many, many years, do I believe that God is rejecting me because of this? Do I, do I believe that God is looking at me and says, no, because you have not overcome and you have not changed and you have not grown and you have not stopped committing these sins that I reject you? Is this something maybe that I feel inside of me that makes me feel guilty and sad all the time? Or do I feel that by the grace of God, even though I continue to struggle with certain passions and certain weaknesses, that every time I offer repentance, the Lord forgives me. That every time I offer repentance and confess my sin, that my sins are erased. Because if I believe truly that the Lord is a forgiver of sins, even the sins that I commit habitually, even the sins that I commit repeatedly, then I am not afraid to look at these sins squarely and say, this is, this is something that I reject. I see them in myself. I examine myself. I bring them to God in examination and confession because I believe that the Lord is merciful and he can take these sins away from me. So to look at my weakness and to see my weaknesses is actually part of self-love because I have to love myself as I am. I don't love, my, I don't love a, a distorted image or an image of myself that I have fabricated that is better than what I really am. It is not that I, I try to imagine myself to be, to be better, to be holier, to be more complete than I really am in order for me to be able to live with myself and not to be in despair or feeling guilt or feeling self-loathing. No, actually the true love is to look at myself exactly as I am with all of my weaknesses and say that I am loved by God in this way. God does not want me to sin. And yet, he came and he died for my sins, even with all of my shortcomings and weaknesses. And this is what makes us actually feel even more that we are in the need of salvation and the love of God. What makes us to feel the love of God is because we feel we are undeserving of this love. If I feel entitled to the love of God, then I do not see in God kind of his, his, his merciful nature or his compassionate nature because I feel almost entitled to it. I feel entitled to everything good because I feel myself to be a righteous person. But if I truly look at myself and do not see a righteous person, I see a sinner, then the love of God I appreciated so much. The mercy of God I appreciated so much because I am undeserving. And this is what the saints experienced more than anyone. Even though they maybe are the holiest of all of humanity and the ones who lived the most righteous life, and yet when they looked at themselves, they saw that they were the most wicked. They saw that they were the most sinful. And so they were the most humble. And they receive from God grace and mercy because they knew themselves. And this is self-love. Self-love is not denying our nature. Self-love is being very honest with ourselves. So I have to be what content with who I am. I have to ask myself this question. Even with my weaknesses, even with my shortcomings, do I thank God for who I am? Do I thank God for how he made me to be? Yes, I struggle against sin. But am I constantly wishing that I was someone else? I was, am I constantly wishing that I would live the life of another person? Maybe this is an indication that I do not love myself. I have to be content. And the parable of the talents, the master, he gave one servant five talents and he gave a different servant ten talents. He gave them different numbers of talents. 
The servant who had the five talents, he earned five more talents. And the servant who had ten talents, he earned ten more talents. So if, 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 if this is a, if the, wait, was it five and ten? It was five, yes, five and ten. Um, this means what? This means that each person is receiving from God something different. And each person is producing something different. Just because we are not all the same, just because we are producing something different, it is not something for me to envy another person for, but instead to be content. The reward of God, 30, 60, and 100 fold, is different for each one. It is okay that it is different. What is my capacity? What is it that I am able to produce? And instead of judging myself, um, maybe because I'm not able to do what another person can do, to be content and to believe that the Lord is working with me and helping me to grow. So what is then loving the self? Number one, it is knowing the honor to be counted among God's children. Just being made in the image of God, being baptized in the name of God, being among the children of God, makes me to what? Makes me to feel like I am, I've received something I do not deserve. This is, this is a part of loving the self. Because what? I have, I have received something from God that is honorable. I have received something that I do not deserve. I'm, I'm, I know this honor to be counted among God's children, and my value is in God. My value is not in my accomplishments. I don't have to prove to the world that I can accomplish something specific. My value does not come from what I can do. My value does not come from what I can say. My value is simply in my existence in God, my, my being in God that God created me. The second is, the second point about loving the self is that I can recognize my uniqueness. That God gave each of us a very unique path. There are no two people that are identical. Not just not identical in the way that we appear. Not, not identical in the plan of God. Not identical in the purpose. What is it that God made each of us for? Very specific reasons. Very specific purpose. And each of us is different than the other. So God gave us each a mission to be on. And we to, 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 to really love ourselves means that we discover what is this purpose that God has made before and to accomplish it, to fulfill it, to live it. And, and that could be something as simple as taking care of my family, right? It could be as simple as raising children. It could be as simple as being honest in my work when I go to work. It could be as simple as being honest in my prayer life. It doesn't have to be something grand. Some of the people that influence the world the most are the people that simply were honest with their spiritual life and then became examples for others. People that we look to and we say, these are people that I want to be like. I want to be like them. They are, they are people that I admire. They are people that, are, that I honor. And they were able to influence a lot of people simply by doing what is simple. Like for instance, when we look at the monks and the nuns, their, their service to us, apart from the prayers that they pray on our behalf, is an example that we look at them and we see the kind of life that they can live. So God created each one of us for a unique purpose, and this is, this, is, this is one of the characteristics of how I love myself, is I recognize my unique purpose and nature. The third way of loving the self is that believing that God can even use the broken parts. God can use even the brokenness of his servants. If you look at throughout the, the scripture, who are the people that God chose to be the leaders, the spiritual leaders? They are all flawed individuals. There was no one who was perfect that was without flaw. For instance, God chose Samson as one of the judges of Israel, but he was very flawed. He struggled with lust his entire life. Uh, Saint Peter, 
He struggled with being very impetuous, being quick to act without thinking, and with lacking of faith, and yet God used him as being one of the great apostles. St. Paul, he struggled with physical infirmity, that the Lord, when he prayed to the Lord to ask the Lord to remove it from him, God did not remove it, and he had to struggle with that physical infirmity for, for the rest of his life, and yet God used that for his glory. Um, Apollos, another apostle, he struggled with ignorance of faith, when he came to teach, and then it says in the book of Acts that he, he didn't understand the faith completely, and so he had to be corrected. So he was flawed in that. He had a weakness that he didn't have full knowledge, and yet he was able to overcome it. The disciples as a whole, they lacked education. They were fishermen. They were not like advanced, did not have advanced degrees. James and John, they wanted to destroy the people that rejected them by bringing fire down from heaven to destroy them. St. Mary Magdalene, she struggled with sexual sin before she became a saint and before she was called by the Lord. All of these people were regular people that lived regular lives, that struggled with sin in one way or the other, struggled with some kind of a weakness, and yet the Lord was able to use all of the brokenness, all of the sinfulness that they had because they embraced him, because they wanted to follow him, because they chose to change. They wanted to change. They wanted to grow, and so the Lord was able to use them. So part of loving the self is once we look inside and we find that there is weakness, we don't think that this weakness disqualifies us from salvation or that even this weakness disqualifies us from being great servants of God. God actually takes those who are the most broken and he turns them into the greatest servants because those people who are honest with themselves, who see themselves as they are and humble themselves before God, those are the ones whom God can use. Who is it that God could not use? The Pharisees. The ones who rejected him and refused to accept that they were sinners, refused to accept that they were doing something wrong that they shouldn't be doing, and so the Lord was not able to use them for his service. So who is it, the one who loves himself? The one who loves himself is truly the one who sees himself in a sober, objective way. Who am I? And when I see weakness, I try to overcome it and I confess it. The fourth way to love the self is having the courage to admit faults. Loving the self is being honest, right? We have to be honest with ourselves, as we mentioned. I have to admit the weakness to myself. I have to admit the weakness to my father of confession. And if I wrong someone in my life, to apologize to them and admit even the weakness there. So the more that I try to hide my weakness, the more that I am blinded to who I really am, and I have a false picture of who I really am, and I live my life kind of with no self-understanding. But the more that I'm willing to um, to be honest with myself, to be honest with my father of confession and confess my sins and to be honest with others, the more I'm able to overcome. And then finally, the, the last way to love the self is being able to offer ourselves for a higher purpose. We are willing to, be offer, to offer ourselves to God, to be molded by him, just like in this parable or this story of the, the, the potter and the clay. The Lord uses this example as you have this master potter and he has this clay on a wheel and he is willing to or wanting to mold this clay in a way to make it into something beautiful to something wonderful and the clay is us and we are called to allow the potter to change us to mold us to make us into something beautiful if we are flexible if we are willing if we are allowing god to work in our lives then we have a bright future we have, we have so much potential that the Lord can use, and we can all become saints. But if we are rigid, like a clay that is dried, that is not willing to, to, to be molded,
that is something that is kind of very um, f established in our ways, very firm in our ways, not willing to receive rebuke, not willing to, to, to try to change, not willing to admit wrong. And then we are like a clay that the potter tries to, to mold that cannot be molded, that is just uh, like a heart as a rock with a hardened heart. And the more that the, <coughs> that the, the, the potter tries to mold it, it just sits there rigid and unyielding. So we ask from God that he make us to be like this soft clay so that in his hands we are able to be molded and then we actually learn the true meaning of, 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 of life. We, we learn the true meaning of salvation. We learn the true meaning of ourselves and we appreciate even what God has made us to be even with our weaknesses. Oftentimes our weaknesses are, are a way that God can actually use to help and serve other people. All these people that we mention are people that had some kind of a weakness and yet God was still able to use them. So it's very important for us as we speak about loving, because we always speak about loving, loving God, loving our neighbor, that we don't forget also to love ourselves in the ways that we have described. And this love is not a selfishness, it's not narcissism, it's not placing ourselves before others. To love ourselves is to acknowledge about ourselves what God acknowledges about us and to be honest with who we are and to accept that even though we are sinners that the Lord has accepted us and he receives our sincere repentance and confession and he forgives us our sin and he has given us the opportunity for eternal life. So if I truly love myself, if I truly love who I am, then this means that I will work for my eternity that I will work for my salvation, that I will prepare for myself a place in heaven where uh, moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. If I truly love myself, then this means that I will work hard and repent. This is loving myself. Loving myself is not selfishness. Loving myself is doing all that I can to win salvation and to accept from God everything that he has prepared for me. And glory be to God forever. Amen.